So we're continuing this exploration of Romans chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8 because these chapters describe the the real core of addiction. What is at the core of addiction is not a, your drug of choice, whether it's alcohol or pornography or food or gambling or um, um, drugs. It is a spiritual state of mind that is feeding that desire for those uh, drugs of choice. So we have been looking at freedom from the power of God's wrath, uh, which is God's uh, willingness to take upon his judgment, upon our judgment, upon himself. And we have been talking about freedom from the power of sin, which is freedom from the identity and the condemnation of sin. We are now considered in Christ freed from the power of sin. And we have been talking about freedom from law. And we're going to do a bit more about that today um, in regard to what it, uh, the power of the law and condemnation is upon our minds. Now, remember that simple little finger exercise I gave you. You put your hand up in front of your face and spread your fingers. And at the top, the tip of each finger, wrath, sin, law, and death. Romans chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8. Wrath, sin, law and death. And then at the first knuckle, we describe the psychological reaction to those spiritual forces of wrath, sin, law and death. What is the spirit, the psychological reaction to wrath? It is a feeling, a, a sense of abandonment. What is the psychological reaction to the power of sin? It is the sense of helplessness. And what is the um, psychological reaction to the spiritual force of law. It is, hel it is condemnation and guilt. And what is the psychological reaction to the power of death? It is the sense of despair. And then, on the third knuckle, we talk about the uh, the uh, uh, spirit, the emotional responses to these reactions. So, under wrath, psycho psychological reaction of um, uh, abandonment, we have the emotional response of nobody loves me. And uh, then, under sin, we and the psychological reaction of helplessness, we have the emotional response of I'm stuck. I can't get out. That's the third knuckle, you see. And then the under the spiritual reality of law, we have the psychological reaction of condemnation or guilt, and comes the emotional response of, I'm no good. And then under the spiritual reality of death, we have the psychological reaction of despair, and the emotional response to that is, what's the point? I give up. Now let's look then at law a little further because it is so important to understand what guilt, that is the psychological reaction of guilt and condemnation to the spiritual reality of law, it's so important to understand what that does for us. You see, when we feel guilt and we don't know what to do with that guilt, that is to acknowledge it before our God, and have faith that Jesus Christ, his Son, has taken that guilt by his judgment on the cross, 
crucifying his being crucified for our sins when we don't know what to do with that guilt listen to this it actually reinforces our addiction now where do we get that from the word of god well romans 7 verse 5 says this when we were in the flesh that is when were we, we when we were without faith just normal thinking average human beings when we were in the flesh the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death now isn't that an astonishing statement pause and think about it the sinful passions were aroused by the law that is ironic to the hilt because we think of the law as putting a break on our sins don't we we think of the law of doing right of being obedient as putting a break on our addiction we think that if as christians we adhere and uh, uh, examine more faithfully the law of god we shall be more assiduous and more determined and more disciplined to keep the law well it's the very opposite the more we concentrate on the law that is that consciousness within us of right and wrong because the law is more than what's written on two tables of stone it's what is written within the heart the more we concentrate on the law the worse our addiction will get if that shocks you, then go back to Romans 7, verse 5 that I just read. We, When we were in the flesh, the sinful passions were aroused by the law and were at work in our bodies to bear fruit to death. This is why I believe so many Christians are addicts. Now, I don't know the statistics. I don't know whether more Christians are addicted than non-Christians. But it wouldn't surprise me one bit. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if there were more Christians per capita addicted than non-Christians, because many Christians have the law but don't know what to do with it. Or shall I put it another way? They have the law, but they do not have the gospel. The law was not meant to make us righteous. Though the law was meant to reveal our sinfulness, our brokenness, our addictive struggles. The law was meant to indicate to us, to show us in uh, no uncertain terms that we are broken down human beings. Well, why does God want us to feel that all the time? Surely he's not some sadist who wants us to feel miserable and bad at all times. No. What he wants is that for the law to do its work in us to face it as we face it we realize that we are broken down human beings and in that realization we say oh my goodness i need god's grace i need jesus christ the law then was not meant to make us righteous but to point to the righteous one jesus himself now Think of this, then, in regard to how our minds work. Look, it says in verse 13 of this same chapter, 
Uh, let's see, it's verse 8, first of all. Sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. That is, sin, and Satan is operating behind sin, of course. This is, here Paul is personifying sin, so what that means is that he's talking about Satan behind sin. Satan takes opportunity of the commandment. My goodness, think of that. You'd think that Satan couldn't give a damn about the Ten Commandments, doesn't care at all. Oh, he uses them. You betcha. He uses the law and takes opportunity by the law. What opportunity is he taking? To produce in me all manner of evil desire. Ah, there you have it again, you see. A repeat idea of verse 5. The law produces in me all manner of evil desire. How does it do that? When I am tempted with my favorite addiction, the law starts buzzing in my head, this is wrong, or it starts dealing with issues of right and wrong. That is Satan's opportunity. He doesn't know how to speak into my mind. Of course, I don't believe that. He's not a divine being. But he knows how to stimulate the right situation in order to get me thinking his ideas. And what he knows is guilt more than anybody else in the universe. Satan knows guilt like nobody's business. And, he's, and he knows how that guilt is destroying him. And he wants us to have it too. And if he can just point to the law to make us feel more guilty than ever, then he knows that it will produce in us all manner of evil desire. Well, how does it do that? As soon as the law strikes my mind, I become afraid of God. I become nervous of him. I feel he's pointing his finger at me. His green eye is like a monster's eye, point, saying, what's wrong with you? You can never do anything right. And I feel this judgment from God through the law. And what does that lead me to want to do? Well, one of two things. Either I will try harder. In other words, I will try to obey the law all the more. And then, of course, I will fail all the more because that's what I call the temptation of the law. Satan wants to tempt you with the law to make you think that the law is the way out when it is not. Or I will do another thing, which is to block God and the law and all the damn thing and just not think about religious things, spiritual things. And what happens then? Well, I'm in the dark. Without God, there is no light. And I'm in the dark and I'm alone and I'm isolated. I can't even talk to myself, let alone God. And the loneliness is so great that that increases the desire for sin or addiction because that's the only comfort left to me. And so, you see, that's how the law increases sin. So what's our solution? To go before Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I am feeling so guilty, so condemned in my temptation and arousal. I ask you, to help me to remember what faith is all about. You have given me faith, dear God, that says, no, I will not accept this condemnation and this guilt. Even though I'm all of a tizzy right now, all mixed up and confused, Lord God, I will praise you that there is no condemnation for me. And Jesus, I thank you that in your presence 
there is safety and light and warmth. Now, you may, as a result of that, find yourself able to say no to your addiction for that day or that moment. On the other hand, you may still go into it and fail. But what you will find is that you will be able to bounce back more quickly. And bounce back ability, what I call bounce back ability, in other words, resilience, is one of the key ingredients to doing better next time. And so, you see, faith is where it's at. And the law is one of the major foundations for addiction. You and I have a Savior and a friend, God Himself in His Son, Jesus Christ, who is right there with us and loves us and helps us in our trouble. This is Colin Cook, and thank you very much for having been with me today. This You've been listening to How It Happens, a broadcast on the good news of the gospel, as it often applies to our addictive struggles, whether you struggle with addiction to drugs or alcohol or food issues or sexual issues. This program will help you to break through to your addictive recovery. Now, you can hear the program any time of the day or night on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, uh, soundcloud.com or podbean.com and key in how it happens when, uh, and key in uh, how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. Or go directly to um, soundcloud.com slash faithquest or podbean dot, uh, no, faithquest.podbean.com. And please, could you help with supporting the program? It costs $39 per 15 minutes. That's $200 for a week's programs. That's about $850 to $900 for a month's programs. I would so much appreciate your help. This is a 25-year-old radio broadcast. And it relies upon you, the listener, to keep going financially. So send your donations to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. This is by mail, of course, FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or make your donation online at FaithQuestRadio.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time then. Cheerio and God bless.